Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Live from Circuit of the Americas, welcome to Speed City. We are out at Circuit of the Americas. We've been out here all weekend long. We just finished up six hours of racing. The World Endurance Championship on their way to the 24 Hours of Le Mans later this year. Next stop is Sebring, but this weekend, Circuit of the Americas. It was kind of a surprise visit. Two months ago, we didn't know this was happening. It was supposed to be at Rio, and here we are at Circuit of the Americas. We have it's been since 2017 since we have seen the World Endurance Championship in Austin, and it was actually a phenomenal weekend. We had a pretty good crowd, considering the short notice. The grand, the main grandstands are still full right now. Drivers headed to the podium. Jonathan Green's out there headed to the podium with the microphone, going to entertain the crowd. Well, it's John Massengill, and I am out at Circuit of the Americas, and we just watched an American, Gustavo Menezes, win overall in the LMP1 class for Rebellion Racing. Gustavo is an American from California, and he is a quintessential California boy, and he, has, he came into this weekend expecting to win this race. When we interviewed him about a week ago, he was confident and excited and hadn't been racing for two months because the World Endurance Championship in their new super season that they culminate in the 24 hours of Le Mans, they take a bit of a, a winter break there. So uh, Bahrain was the last race, and, uh, and so he had two months off. But he came in expecting to win, and he let you know it. He was so confident, and his, he, had the, he had the car to do it. The, the Rebellion car, LMP1, is a V8-powered. It's not like the Toyota Hybrid that came in second. And But the reason that the LMP1 class is still competitive right now without multiple manufacturers and different types of drivetrains as we've seen in the past is because they do some equivalence of technology. So essentially, based on the drivetrain, then also based on the performance of at each race, you get some penalties, and uh, with that, the, it made for some great racing because the gap at the finish was 51 seconds to the, to the Toyota car, to the second-place Toyota car. So it, it really was 
it was a fantastically clean race today too. We had six hours of racing. We had one retirement, and that didn't happen until ten minutes to go. And it was hardly any, you know, very little, uh, no major collisions, no crashes, no safety cars. So we had some sector safeties, but it was it was actually a really clean race, great racing, and great weather for the whole weekend. It was really chilly, really cool out here Saturday morning, but it was fantastic today. And overcast all day today, but it was made for consistent track temperatures, consistent air temperatures, and I think consistent racing too, because everybody kind of went by the book. And uh, but it was really some. There was still plenty of great racing going on. Let me just run down the list. So we had had Gustavo Menezes behind the wheel of the 91 car at the finish, but of course he's not. You know, in endurance racing, he did not do this by himself because he's got some great teammates. And in, in his car, of course, he had uh, Bruno Senna. And, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just watching him on the podium now. And these guys are obviously just over the top. And Gustavo, but, but yeah, he, uh, in the number one car was Gustavo Menezes, Bruno Senna, and, uh, and Nick Nato. And they, uh, they brought it home. So in the, in the, uh, the number eight car, which was Toyota in the second place, was uh, Sebastian Buemi, Brendan Hartley, and Nakajima. And that was only 51 seconds behind. And then in third in the LMP1 class, and third overall, of course, the number seven car, Toyota again, Mike Conway, Kobe Koyashi, and Jose Maria Lopez in the other Toyota. And, you know, those Toyotas, the, when they are fully uncorked, they're 1,000 horsepower, 500 from internal combustion and 500 from battery and without any other adjustments the toyotas would probably take this race pretty easily and take all the races but there's a lot of changes coming in the world endurance championship we had andrew craig who's the the north american representative to the world endurance championship here and he was talking about all the different changes and this is a time of transition it's a time of transition in all motorsports you know we've got Formula E full electric. We've got the hybrids here and Formula One being hybrid. You've got it, it's going to, and in fact, it's trickling down. You're seeing more and more racing have different types of propulsion. And, you know, Andrew was telling us also that, hi, that hydrogen technology will probably be one of the things we see that it moves into racing. And in fact, almost certainly into the World Endurance Championship. And the way there, the, some transitions that they're making, that'll be guaranteed, that'll be mandatory hybrid technologies in the World Endurance Championships. So you'll still see all of the technology trickle down that we always see. So still the exciting technology test bed that the World Endurance Championship is. But let's look at LMP2. We had an American team, Zach Brown's team, United Autosports, the number 22 Come in first with Paul DeResta at the wheel. That was exciting, too. It was a great day for Americans out here because that's uh, <laughs> that's the United Auto Sports number 22 with Phil Hansen, Felipe Albuquerque, and Paul DeResta. And DeResta was at the wheel at the finish of that. Then it was followed up with the Jackie Chan racing car number 37 in LMP2. Then the number 38 car, the Jota car, and the number 42, Cool Racing, who was on the pole. And then the racing team, Netherland. Number 29 was in eighth place. 
Ninth place, the Signatech Alpine Elf Car, number 10, the High Class Racing, Setelar Racing in 11, and Dragon Speed in 12. And then and in the uh, GT Pro cars, Aston Martin Racing, they looked so strong all weekend, and they were dominant, and they were in the they were first in the 95 car, and Nicky Tim at the wheel of that car. And the drivers, of course, Nicky Tim and Sorensen, his teammate in that. And then, of course, good battle all weekend long, all race long this today. We had a battle with the Porsche GTT GT team with Christensen at the wheel to finish the race in second. That was the number 92 car. But it looks like we're coming up on a good time for a break. Let's go ahead and take a break and we'll continue running down the action that happened today at the World Endurance Championship race here at Circuit of the Americas. You're listening to Speed City. We're live from Circuit of the Americas. We'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dayanese leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Winding Road Racing is a leading provider of road racing and performance equipment at each of our locations in Texas, California, Georgia, and Kentucky. But we know some racers want that same high-quality gear, customer service, and pricing without leaving home. Check out the online store at windingroadracing.com. It's got all the same high-quality brands you've come to know us for. Alpine Stars, Stilo Helmets, Chill Out, and AIM Data Systems, all available at great prices and delivered directly to you with free shipping. Log on now. Windingroadracing.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370. 
David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We're live at Circuit of the Americas. We just watched the World Endurance Championship back here at Circuit of the Americas for the first time since 2017. What a fantastic day, six hours of racing. But I am so excited to welcome our next guest. Uh, if you listen to Speed City, you know that I am a huge Corvette fan. I have owned several Corvettes over my lifetime, and we have been following probably too much, Doug. We, are, we have Doug Feehan, team manager at Chevrolet Team Race, uh, Corvette Racing. Excuse me. Welcome to the booth. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, we're excited because, number one, there's a C8R that we just got to see race six hours. And I know you guys did not win the race today. Right. And I don't think you expected to come in here winning the race. But the car never broke down. That's got to be a plus. Well, you know, there's, there's a number of things to take away from today. And uh, I'm always a, a half-full guy. You know, we worked uh, diligently all week long and obviously d- during the race to maximize the performance that we were given. And in all fairness to the sanctioning body, brand-new car, first time we're competing with them. Uh, I think they were going to make certain that we weren't going to run to the front and we weren't <laughs> going to walk away with the race, okay? We understood that, and they made that pretty clear that that's, uh, that was going to be our, our, our baggage for the day. Uh, so you got to learn to play over that. All right. That doesn't mean that you can't sit down and try and put together a strategy to improve whatever your lot might be. We knew we were going to be the slowest car, but we've won races before where we haven't been fast. I think you only have to look at the board, something nobody's talked about for a takeaway, though. Everybody else made five pit stops. We finished this race on four. Oh, that's true. I did not notice that. That's great. Now, we knew that that wasn't necessarily going to improve anything in our position but we need to learn about this car learn about how to employ strategies okay and so that was a huge positive for us to take away we look at this we look at what our performance was we ran hard as we could all day long we're hoping the sanctioning body goes back takes a look at what we did sees what the performance discrepancy is and then we'll move on to sebring and see if uh, we can't depend on them to make us a little bit more competitive all right i think one of the other takeaways here is at the bottom line of whatever we do here all right, a couple of things, not the least of which improve the breed, tech transfer. Yeah. I think the C8's the embodiment of that. But the final distillation is our responsibility is to sell cars. Yeah. All right? That's that's yep. that's the bottom of the funnel. Anybody who looked around today at the autograph lines and the oh, Corvette yeah. Corral will see a couple of things. Number one, how important is Corvette racing to every series in which it competes? For the number of fans that they bring out, the loyalty of those fans. And these are just the ones here. There's a whole legion of them back there that are watching Mm -hmm. on TV and listening on the radio and looking at their computer. Corvette is a very important element, whether it's IMSA or WEC. We play a key role in the success success of those series. And number two, it speaks volumes for our fans' dedication to our mission, to our product. And that's what keeps us going. That's uh, it's 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 very invigorating for us. It's very inspirational oh. for us. Anytime we see those autograph lines stretch down pit lane, and it's all you had to do was look out at the autograph session today. One team out of all these teams from around the world, one team had the longest autograph line. That's how I found y'all today. I looked at the autograph lines and I said, "That's Corvette." And there y'all were pretty go. far down from where at the beginning here. There you go. So I said, "That's got to be Corvette." That indeed was Corvette. So, like I said, did we win the race? No, we didn't. 
Did we run six hours of flawless racing with impeccable strategy and implementation and execution in the pit lane and drivers not turning a wheel wrong? Mike Wackenfeller running some of the fastest laps for the team, both in qualifying and on the race, having never been in the car and never been on the racetrack. All right. Those are the things you have to look at as as positive takeaway and, and what's emblematic of Corvette racing as a whole. Did we win today? Well, not at the checkered flag. But did we win in all the other arenas? You bet we did. You know what? Not to add more weight to the shoulders of you guys, but you talk about all these Corvette fans here that brought their cars out, what, 120 Corvettes in the car corral, yeah. all the Corvette fans at home. But, you know, if there's people watching, if there's Americans watching yes. the World Endurance Championship, yes. you know they're rooting for Corvette. Well, you, for the most part, I think that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, we... We are, we are a patriotic bunch. That's you know, right. We only have to look at the liveries that we put our cars in the past. We're designed and built in the United States of America, Detroit Bowling Green Partnership. I mean, it's 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 pretty cool to be all part of that. Yeah, I've, I've been to the factory in Bowling Green. Yeah. I've been up to the drag strip near Bowling Green. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm all in on Corvette. Yeah, we're, we're waving the flag. <laughs> we're waving the flag. Well, let's talk about the development of the car, too. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, I... I don't remember the C7 launch of the production car and the the race car at the same time like this, but I, someone asked me and I said, I, "Am I right about that?" Well, it, it it was it was it it corresponded, but but here's the thing: this is why it runs a little bit together, because the C7 was an evolution, as was the C6. C5 broke new ground. C6 evolution yep. to C5. C7 evolution to C6. And yes, when we when we debuted C6 and we debuted it with the Z06 at the auto show, we kind of did the same thing with the C7. When C7 came out, we did the auto show intro with it. Um, but C8 obviously was different. Yeah. Clean sheet of paper. You know, years in the making. And when I say years in the making, I don't mean from t- talk from 1976 about doing about a mid-engine right, right. I'm talking about decision being made. We're going forward with a mid-engine car until we finally reach production with it and reach the racetrack. I mean, it's been, and, and we have to keep in mind, we've been doing development, pick a number. I mean, if, if, starting with our clean sheet of paper, well over three years. All right? Yeah. Actually working with the car on the racetrack, developing parts, pieces, components, engines, drive lines, well over two years. Wow, I didn't realize it had been yes. that long. Yes, yes, yes. So it's been, uh, it's been painstaking. And, by the way, keep in mind that the same guys on the production side and on the race side continue to do the regular jobs. Of course, theirs was C8. Yeah. Ours, we had a race C7, okay, design, build, test, and develop C8, same guys. Same group of people. Wow. That's double time. That's I didn't double realize time, that, yeah. all time, and that's been two years. We've been leaning on those guys. This race, all right, Sao Paulo was the race that got canceled. All right, we weren't going to debut in WC until Sebring. So that was how our schedule, maintenance schedule was set up because we had Daytona Roar. We had Daytona Test. We had Sebring race coming up. We had two cars we were going to do at Sebring. So that this car that we raced here today wasn't scheduled to be done for another month. Huh, yeah. All right? Right. So what's the reality? Sao Paulo gets canceled. They put this race on the schedule. We're looking at, man. I wasn't sure y'all were going to make it. There was some, it seemed like it was announced you were going to make it, and then there maybe is a little vacillation. After two years of leaning on these guys, we went to the hammer once again, put the whip on the flank, and who answered the bell? Who answered the bell on what you saw today? Two weeks ago, that car was in the shop being assembled, and it comes out here and runs six flawless hours. That's amazing. 
that is a victory in anybody's book. I don't no care doubt. about the checkered flag. That's a victory. That that's really amazing. Yeah. Well, when I, I I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the show, but I had my Motor Trend came a few weeks ago, and it had the test of the new C8, mm. and it was a Z51, of course. So mm. it was a zero to sixty. I think it was two point eight, and in the same magazine, of course, was the new Ferrari four eighty eight Pista or whatever it was, mm -hmm. two hundred and seventy five thousand, mm -hmm. and the new McLaren for mm -hmm. two hundred and twenty thousand. Mm -hmm. The fastest of those cars was the Corvette for seventy five thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know that Corvette has always been bang for the buck, but to me, this is an, another level of game change because the the interiors are amazing in the production cars, and the performance is the, the zero to sixty. Of course, is just one you know one, one measure one measure of performance. But I'm hearing. You know, there's magazines now taking them out there and adjusting camber and taking some of the oversteer out and whatever. And they're saying these cars are going to be phenomenal. The road car. Yeah. Here, here's a here's a point. And historically, and this is the thing that always has made me crazy. Best bang for the buck. I I I, I don't want to have the for the buck thing on there. I want to have best yeah. bang. I want to be the baddest ass guy on the block. All right. Now, to reach price point. That makes this car attainable to so many people. We sell more Corvettes than they sell Aston's, Porsches, and and and, combined. and, and Ferraris combined. Okay, <laughs> that's because our car is an aspirational vehicle from your youth, and it's attainable when you reach a position yep. in life. All right. So and and admittedly, we had to give up something in order to to do that and interior was always a space where we did it there's economy of scale using the same knobs and switches and all the things that people like to throw down on us for i mean the world's full of corvette haters i know right? when they say there's the same window switch really yeah, that's yeah. that's your yeah, complaint that's, that's right when by the way we're still kicking their ass unlistening to that i don't want to hear that anymore for those that don't know let me be the first to tell you if you're unaware the same cut and sew people that put that interior in that Ferrari cut and sew the Corvette interior. Okay? <laughs> That's so, awesome. So there is no longer this deal, well, yeah, yeah, but. I don't want to hear yeah, but because it's not yeah, but anymore. That is world-class, first-class, class-leading materials and processes developing the interior in that Corvette. That is so great to hear you say that because – I've always said the same thing. I don't want to have the best bang for the buck because I don't want to say, yeah. well, it's great performance, but, but the interior. Yeah. It's great performance, but, but yeah. whatever. I yeah. am so sick of, yeah. of hearing well, that. Those, I'm glad days, those days are over. That is, I, And, you know, I, I know that there's so many more plans for the production car, too. I've heard rumors of, you know, 1,000-horsepower hybrid cars. with. So we'll, I know you've got that look on your face like you can't talk about it, but – uh, but you know what? I, I do want to go. I want to talk about the race car, and I want to talk about the engine here and everything. But okay. can uh, can we can you stick through the break? Sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about the Corvette. You're listening to Speed City. We're live out at Circuit of the Americas, and we'll be back after these messages. When you're looking for 
or traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Caesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast. And absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA, and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Over the moon when I got it. This has that level of excitement. All right. Well, we are back. We are live at Circuit of the Americas. And I am so excited. As you guys know, I am a big Corvette fan. And I'm sitting here with Doug Fian, the, the uh, team manager for Corvette Racing. And these guys had a, had a great day, all things considered. A fantastic day. Six hours yep. of flawless racing. Yep. So let's talk about the race car itself. All right. The, you know, the... What similarities to the road car and what differences to the road car? Well, the, the reality is it's, 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 it's virtually identical to the road car. The difference is, of course, it runs different control arms because they have to be a little wider to, to handle the larger wheels and tires. But the chassis is a production chassis. Uh, the body from a silhouette standpoint is exactly the same silhouette. Yeah, it as, looks identical. As, as the car you have in there. It has a racing gearbox. All right, we're not going to race with a with a, with a cool dual clutch yeah. auto that's in the thing. But uh, when you look at the materials and the technology, the way the car works, the aero advantages that have been designed into the car, keep in mind that our race team and our production team worked hand in glove from a clean sheet of paper to develop the production car to have provide every benefit we needed as a race car. 
We like to think of it that's, as we developed a race car and they were able to convert it into a street car. Yeah. Okay. That's how closely we work together every day, every single day. Tadge was instrumental in doing that. He has watched this thing while, while he worked for previous uh, uh, Corvette engineers, the vehicle line engineers. I mean, he worked for Dave Hill. He worked for Tommy. You know, he, he's worked for everybody over the last 20 years. So he knew how this could be, and he watched us make the pro pro progression each time. So it got to be his turn behind the wheel. He said, it's no holes barred because we're starting a <laughs> clean sheet of paper now. Clean sheet of paper. Everybody's at the starting line at the same time. Nobody's inheriting anything. We have the ability and the opportunity to go ahead and do that. And under his leadership, we did that. When you buy a C8, baby, you're buying as close as you're ever going to get to the thing you just saw around a racetrack today. That is amazing. Uh, so what about the engine that you're running in the C8R versus the C8? The rules require that you run an engine that will appear in some form or shape in your model lineup at General Motors. Right. Okay? We don't talk about future plans. Uh-huh. That's right? why everybody's been so quiet about this engine. We don't talk about future plans, but uh, according to the rules, it has to be it has to show up somewhere in production. And uh, so it's my guess that it will show up somewhere in production. Okay. It's a, a five and a half liter flat plane crank. Uh, dual overhead cam, um, pretty amazing piece. You know, if any time you go racing, the, the thing that always comes to mind, you're always worried for for 24 hour race. You know, how durable, how reliable will this engine be? Well, GM Propulsion Systems, who designs and builds these engines, okay, does does this engine that's in the race car. For the first time ever, all right, we left the shop before we went to Daytona with an engine in the car. We ran that engine all test days, qualifying, 24 hours at Daytona, went to Sebring and ran two 12-hour test days and never had the engine out of the car. Wow. All right? Now, I can tell you, as durable and reliable as, as, as our LS was, and I would put that up against anything oh, yeah. in the world, we never attempted to do that. We just <laughs> never did that. That's what we have now. And you saw it today, and you saw it at Daytona. All right? And hope, keep our fingers crossed. Hope we'll demonstrate that same thing at Sebring. Knock on wood. I don't want to yeah, jinx us. Sure. But that's the level of durability and reliability we have in that piece right now. And that is an astounding achievement as well. Yeah, that's amazing. So flat plane crank, dual overhead cam. Ah. Yeah. My last Corvette was a dual overhead cam, the LT5. The LT5. I, I, Mercury Marine. Mercury Marine, yeah. Yep. They were the ones that had the aluminum experience. Yes. Up in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is the guys that built that Absolutely. car, built that motor. You betcha. Designed by Lotus, right? Yep. The the, uh, the drivetrain, yep. the, the valve train. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I know you've just got a little bit more time, but uh, I guess the ultimate goal, 24-hour Le Mans. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're leading up to. I mean, you know, obviously, you want to do as well as you can before then. Yeah. Well, it's the holy grail. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the epitome. And, you know, we've been... It's what everybody looks at. It's the crown jewel in, 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 in road racing. Um, uh, there's other. I mean, winning Sebring is spectacular. Yes. Winning Daytona is spectacular. And those are North American-based races that have global following. But the granddaddy of them all, okay, obviously is Le Mans. And that, that's not casting any dispersions on the no, races I, mean, I talked about. But, yeah, that's the cornerstone of what we do. And uh, all, all, everything we do leads up to that. And that's our, our inspiration, our motivation. And, uh, you know, it'll be here before we know it.
So what about your C8? Uh, I'm assuming you're going to be getting one for, for your garage. You know, you reach a point in life where, where, where I don't say cars don't excite you because they do because <laughs> it's what I do for a living. I have a reasonable <laughs> level of passion for it. But when it comes to your daily driver, I mean, you know, I've been very blessed. I've had everything you can think of from every manufacturer you can name, okay? And I have logged plenty of miles, and I got all the tickets and, 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 and law enforcement and, uh, uh, interaction that any <laughs> one human being could ever experience in a lifetime. But I have never been as geeked as I am. On February 27th, my C8 rolls off the line at Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I'm jazzed. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to go pick it up there? You have to, I, right? I, I, well, I, we haven't worked that out yet. <laughs> they, 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 they want me to come down the factory and do some stuff with them when, they, when they bring it off. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm still in the middle of winter in Michigan. Uh, my dealer's excited about it. I've told him that with the weather being crummy the way it is, when that thing comes in, we'll let them put it on display for a while so that so that we can share it with with, yeah. with, with, with all the other folks but it's uh i'm genuinely excited about getting it. well we had and, and i by the way let me say this people say well i don't want to buy the first ones you know those are dogs. i said i know what went into this <laughs> and i can guarantee you the first one down the line is going to be just as good as the ten thousandths and the fortieth thousandths and the one hundred thousandths that come down the line well ted jector has crossed every t and dotted every i and those folks in bowling green are a dedicated assembly force that have as much pride in what they do as anything in the world and this is so exciting a new era of corvette yeah. and yeah i think too much has been put on the the expectation of these decades of waiting for a mid-engine i think yeah. the, the fact that it's a clean slate everywhere yeah. else too yeah. is yeah. just yeah. i mean I'm just, everything uh, everything is as good as it can be i mean just there has been no compromise made in this car none yeah. zero well, I, I think I may not be far behind you. Okay. I've, I've been <laughs> not in the Corvette shopping mode for yeah. a while, but this is so incredible that I'm, I'm about to, to start moving that direction myself. I think, that, I think this is going to be inspirational for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a, a lot of crossover. I think we're going to see a lot of conquest sales here when people get a load of it and, and really say, geez, do I want to get a new Ferrari or do I want to get a new Corvette and that condo I've been wanting? <laughs> <laughs> and a new condo. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or a yellow one and a black one. Yeah. Well, there there's you, that too. There's yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, you guys, uh, you guys have done an amazing job. I was watching you at Daytona. You looked great there yeah. and look great today. Thank you. And of course, I'm wishing luck at Sebring Thank and Lamar. And you guys keep doing what you're doing. You're going to help sell some more Corvettes. Well, we're going to do that, and we appreciate everything the fans do. We appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, that's what we do. Our fan base is part of our race team, and they know that. And we're the only manufacturer that has anything like that, and I couldn't be more proud. That's awesome. Doug Feehan, thank you so much for coming right. on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. All right. As you guys could tell, I was excited to have him. I started reaching around the paddock going, uh, I started with Corvette, and, uh, and I don't even know if anybody else is going to show up. Thanks, Doug. We'll see you. Yeah, well, we're out in the Circuit of the Americas, and, and you know what? This is one of my favorite times at Coda right now because the sun is down. The lights are up. I just spent – Jonathan Green just walked in over here. Jonathan, this this is what you need. I just walked – Jonathan, I just spent the last 30 minutes talking to the team manager of Corvette Racing. Uh, can oh, you peel me off the about, ceiling now? I was about now? to say, is that why you're on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was incredible, dude. Uh, it's, it's a flat plane crank, dual overhead cam. You're kidding me. <laughs> Jonathan's going, what does that mean? <laughs> no, I know what the flat plane crank is. Okay, good. I'm just... just... Oh, I, I, was, I was schooled in this a few months ago. Well, good, good. Well, anyway... And they're very rare. You know, he was telling me how closely 
they manufactured the road car to the race car. I mean, side by side. You know, we heard a lot about that same type of process with the Ford GT when it came back out. Sure. But this car was built side by side, and uh, it, it's he's got his coming too. He's going to take delivery of his own really soon. You but. know what? What that tells me is that if you remember, I mean, I've been doing my research from the from the famous Ford versus Ferrari story and going back to the '60s and and learning about the history of Corvette dominating sports car racing in SCA, SCCA back in the day. And there was a time when Ford wouldn't race uh, because um, they believed the safety issues were such. And there were, in fact, Henry Ford was on the safety commission. That's part of the story. And quietly, Corvette was still racing. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, they weren't doing it officially, but they were dominating. And so Ford got fed up with that. Great to see Corvette will now produce a car that, yes, races at the world championship level, but will race at the club level and the IMSA level, and I think will be a great car to race with over the years. Well, I asked him, what's the difference between the C8R and the C8 road car? And he said, it's almost identical. Wow. I mean, that's the that's the level that they're talking about. And you certainly so. can't say that per se about the uh, Aston Martin or the Ferrari. Probably not. Certainly not the Porsche. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah probably not. I know that for sure. You're right. Well, so get me up to speed. How did the podium go out oh, there? Oh, great fun. Uh, as always, plenty of champagne, plenty of fun. I, got, <laughs> I actually got sprayed, but luckily with Perrier water from one of the fans. So I, I so, got my uh, druthers. Speaking of scraping people off the ceiling, how was Gustavo Menezes? Uh, he was, he's <laughs> just gone into, I'm hoping he'll come over here afterwards because he's just gone into the press conference, the official press conference. But yeah, they were cock hoop I mean, you know, I mean, I know they expected to win, but you can never expect to win an endurance race. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, Yes, you can have a balanced performance, which gives you the advantage. And on paper, that's what could happen. But you heard from Bruno Senna there in an interview with Duncan uh, Vincent uh, with about an hour ago that said, we may need a splash and dash. We're hoping for a safety car to make us safe. There yeah, was I wasn't no sure. Car. I wasn't sure that when they made that last, when, uh, when Rebellion made their pit stop, their last one, I didn't know if Toyota was going to make another one or not. Yeah, no question. Cool, and, cool podium hat. Where's mine, dude? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a little Corvette uh, present. I'll give you one too. Ooh. So Gustavo was excited. Let me obviously, ask you a question: Was he? I mean, I know you've just done the interview, and everybody else has heard it, but I want to know: Was Corvette happy with the day oh, in terms of what they achieved? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because think about it: they were not prepared to do this. They weren't going to Sao Paulo. They no, were they going weren't. to Seabury. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so this is three weeks ahead. This is three weeks ahead. He said, you know, they were you know, pushing, pushing, pushing to get the Corvette done for Sebring. And, to, and then went and told his guys, you got to have it ready, you know, for February 23rd. And you know what's interesting about that? And again, it goes back to history. That's what everybody did before Le Mans is do Sebring, do Daytona and get ready for Le Mans. And the thing is, the difference between what they've learned today and what they would learn in the maelstrom of, of Sebring is so different. This is a smooth circuit, a modern circuit. Uh, I think you're going to gather much better data than you would. Oh, uh, yeah. On a really bumpy air, old airfield. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to Sebring, but, you know, it, it, it batters cars to Sebring. There'll be a lot bigger attrition rate. Um, the walls are closer. It's not a Formula One circuit. Uh, and so, therefore, uh, you can imagine that there'll be more safety cars. There'll be more attrition. So there won't be any more clean running. Corvette got a full six hours of running today. Yeah, and that's what he said. He said, huh, I asked him, how, how was the day? He said, fantastic. Full six hours, flawless yeah, running. It. You know, if you think about it, we had really, it was almost test day-like conditions. You had yep. moderate temperatures, consistent temperatures, track temperatures, air temperatures, all very consistent all day. This was a dream come true for them. You know, and of course, they got to do a little 
you know, competitive racing between different classes of cars too. So dream day for them. Yeah, and I think uh, they got the right guys in with Rockenfeller and uh, Jan Magnussen. Oh, yeah. Uh, two very uh, cerebral, and what I mean by that is they, they will give huge data information about the car, good and bad, uh, and they too will be racing again at Sebring. So they will take that experience, put it into the car for uh, Sebring. So if you haven't got your tickets for Sebring, go get them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I love I, – I didn't get to spend much time with Rockenfeller, but with Magnussen, he is just so much like his son. They're so – You mean the other way around. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, yes, exactly. Kevin's like Kevin, that. Yeah, they're, well, they're just the same. It works both ways. You know they've raced together in Ipswich. I did know that, but it would like I'd like to see more of that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and then I want you to tell me more about uh, what you found out there in the podium. You're listening to Speed City. We are live at Circuit of the Americas. We just watched the six hours of Coda in the World Endurance Championship, and we'll be back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, well, welcome back to Speed City. We are so excited. We're out at Circuit of the Americas. We just watched the six hours of CODA World Endurance Championship. This is John Massengill, and I'm in the booth with Mr. Jonathan Green. We just did six hours of commentary as well. And if you heard the, the last hour of the race right here on the radio, I hope you tuned in. But, Jonathan, you just ran over to the uh, press conference and tried to get Gustavo in the booth, but he has got the doors shut. Yeah, the doors are shut. And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid it, uh, it's, uh, it's a closed door press conference at the moment well i know that uh he's talking to the world now he just not not just austin he's talking to the world so that's all right anyway that's what yeah never mind <laughs> but i can tell you i walked across uh with bruno senna with uh norman nato and with gustavo menezes they were tickle pink um like i said they knew that they had the advantage but they had to hold it uh, and when you consider where they were in qualifying yesterday 
they conked out. The engine blew up at the, yeah. end, at the end of free practice too. So they had a four hour gap to change the engine completely, then go out and qualify and they put it on pole. That is astonishing. That's like Marquez. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like Marquez when he, when he had to run halfway down the paddock. Well, you know, it, it, it is amazing, but we've come to expect that in motor racing. Oh, he's got four hours. They're going to be able to swap the motor, no problem. You know, and all these races are historic because we're coming to the end of an era, the, uh, the, the hybrid yep. era in many ways. And Toyota is the last man standing. Uh, they were beaten quite soundly by, uh, soundly by um, Audi and Porsche. Porsche dominated uh, the Circuit of the Americas here in the Lone Star Le Mans over the years. Three wins, I believe, and uh, total domination. Last win by uh, Brennan Hartley, sadly second today with Toyota. Uh, but Toyota now the only major manufacturer. Rebellion really taking it to them. Uh, and hence the, the, the balance of performance, so to speak, um, because uh, Toyota have been doing most of the winning in the first four rounds. Well, I touched on it in the first segment of the show tonight while you were out doing the podium about how Andrew Craig talked about hydrogen and, uh, and hybrid. You know, I really, really want WEC to have that commitment because you remember the days when we were talking when it was Audi, Porsche and Toyota. I mean, there were three different manufacturers with three different types of, yeah. of hybrid technology, flywheels diesels i mean it was really and i want that the next generation of all that i was about to say um they've been blessed to have uh WEC, uh in this last decade by having without a doubt the highest technology even better than formula one in those like th those three, yeah. three different um manufacturers as you mentioned porsche audi and um toyota all trying to arrive at the same finish line with different ways of doing it different yeah. drive trains different ways of doing it and unfortunately, they found themselves in a situation now as this era dies out and because the cost just went up and up and up, which they will. That's motor racing. Um, they're now looking towards the hypercar, towards potentially uh, hydrogen cars. Now, they haven't got the response they wanted yet. They've also now done a great prerogative, which is going to save them uh, in many ways. And I don't mean save them, but it's going to certainly bolster um, their prerogative for Le Mans, which is the key for the super season, which is a prerogative that uh, effectively is a convergence between uh, the Daytona prototype and the Le Mans cars, which will allow more Americans to be eligible and more American teams to be eligible. So therefore, we should see a robust entry. Oh, yeah. And, and from yeah. our point of view, great news, because we'll see them race at Daytona, 24 hours. We'll see them race at Sebring. And then the Americans will carry on and do IMSA, but they may also carry on and go to Le Mans. In yeah, I and mean, we've always wanted to see that, right? We want to see the same cars sure. that race at Le Mans race here. So, And I thought it was interesting and, and telling that he didn't uh, quote Roger Penske, but he basically said, reading between the lines, that Roger Penske, even at 83 and even the owner of IndyCar Racing, wants to go to Le Mans one more time. And he's had such success there. And he just, you know, that's his, that's his you know. Yeah, well, you you weren't here to hear uh, Doug Fian from Corvette talk about Le Mans, but that's Le Mans, Le Mans. I mean, and he said no dis disparaging to Sebring or any other race. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it's the Super Bowl. That's right. And you know, you talk about what being back. What it has Le Mans. So, yeah. and and we know that the industries, the, you know, the automobile industry involves. So does racing. So it's the series being where they are in the series. They're not a spec series like NASCAR and Indy. Mm -hmm. They're going to, when the industry transitions, they have to transition. Yeah. So there's going to be those that up and down. Well, and also, uh, that was another thing Andrew Craig said, was that, um, you know, the industry here in America demanded a hybrid form uh, included in those divergence rules, those convergence rules. And, and I agree because the auto industry, I mean, you cannot now walk away from um, effectively the new technology. Uh, you cannot just have combustion racing. 
anymore uh, at the highest level, at a world championship level. And so be it, because we all want Formula One and uh, WEC and those forms of racing and IMSA to be technologically advanced so that that technical advancements can now trickle down into the cars of the future. Uh, speaking of cars of the future, I have to tell you one more little tidbit that Doug told me about. the you know This engine that's running in this car is going to be something that's going to be in the future C8s. So we're going to have a flat plane crank, dual overhead cam, V8 in the in one of the new da C8s. Dash it, you're on the ceiling again. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, uh, hey, let's talk about that. we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about, I mean, look, United Auto Sports wins LMP2. Aston Martins win, wins uh, GT Pro. And uh, TF Sport wins GT Ams. Let's talk about some of those. What What's your overall take on each one of those classes down Big day at the office for Aston Martin, no question about it, to win both pro and uh, one and two in AM. Really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, they always seem to do well here. LMP2, well done to United Autosports, uh, an English team run by uh, uh, an American. An American, Jack Brown. by an American. Uh, United Autosports, Paul Resta doing a good job at the end there. It was touch and go. If you remember, Paul Resta had a first stint where he was really worried about the car uh, and wasn't getting the best out of it. In fact, he cut short his stint. Um, and said that it would be dicey whether they would actually come out on top. But then they found out right towards the end that Jackie Chan, DC Racing, also had to do a splash and dash uh, with Will Stevens at the wheel, and that allowed them to come through. Uh, and well done to Anthony Davidson also. Davidson, of course, a former Toyota race, racing driver himself and has won world championships with Toyota, now racing in LMP2 for Jota uh, and taking them to the podium today. So great, great news for them. Yeah, it was uh, an overall... It was amazing, really. I mean, we had six hours of racing and one car that that failed with 10 minutes to go. I mean, that's really... That's, I think, the, the, the amazing part of today that we didn't have... I mean, the level of brilliance in driving. I mean, 199 overtakes. That's incredible. I thought it was even more. I thought it was over 300, but... Well, no, by one car. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Toyota. That that's, was just the Toyota. Yeah, incredible. So, yeah. you know, um, it just shows you... Um, the, the level of uh, brilliance by the drivers is all there, but also the the, the, the brilliance of pre preparation and the longevity of the cars to, to last, uh, banging those pistons up and down um, for six hours solid at, you know, an average an average lap time around here of 1 minute 52. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's 646 miles they ran here today. Yeah, that's so what now, now Sebring is going to be 1,000 miles, right? Isn't it the Sebring yes. 1,000? So yes. they're not calling it the eight hours no. or the... And they run it on Friday night before the 12 hours of Sebring on Saturday. So it, yeah. makes, it makes it a real festival weekend. And, and it's great for the fans because they can then take in both races. Um, and yeah, 1,000 thousand miles. That's You know, Andrew Craig said Sebring uh, well-attended right well, like yeah. big time and coda we never could get enough traction with weck here well without with all due respect i mean um i know sebring has its well, history that, but that, that, yeah sebring is the original uh, yeah. i mean sports car racing was invented almost at sebring in the usa so sebring and florida has a huge history with so many tracks and so much history yeah. as well with st pete um you know homestead and so on and so forth so you've got a lot of and a lot of teams based there too so the advantage Sebring has, it was one of the first, it's an old airfield, it was one of the first to get turned into a racetrack after World War II. So it's where sports car racing and the SCCA pretty much got their start. So Sebring is the, if you will, ancestral home. It's pretty much like Indy in that respect. Uh, it's got history on its side. 
Uh, it's never been a great circuit, and I don't mean that rudely. It's never been a great, you know, uh, layout mm-hmm. uh, in terms of actual surface. Uh, it's in the middle with, with all, again, due respect of uh, nowhere, um, but it's now grown up around um, that culture. Uh, any of the hotels you stay in all have a hit racing history. There's now a hotel, a five-star hotel on site uh, where many of the drivers and so on stay during the weekend. But why Sebring is such a success, it's, it's a festival. It's like the Indianapolis 500, which is people make it their holiday. They come in the RVs, they come to camp, and it becomes a, you know, a festival that starts literally the Sunday before. So people come in on the Sunday night, the week before Sebring, and celebrate the love of motorsport for a week. And, you know, Coda was still getting their footing on how do you do RV camping here? Yeah, you yeah. know, we had the we had the super ultra premium ones right there back between 11 and 12 on the long straight. But those were so expensive and they're still now they've got some things figured out. You know, Coda is a is a massively different facility than it was years ago. And also driving an RV to anywhere from Florida or anywhere from Alabama and some of the northern state, the Carolinas and so on, a lot easier uh, than it would be to drive halfway across Texas if you're coming out of state. Uh, and in fact, it's it's quite an endeavor to come out of state um, in an RV across Texas to come here. So you're going to expect a local crowd. You can't to build that culture up. I mean, look what we've done in Formula One in a, such a short space of time. Brilliant. Uh, and the culture yeah. is there. But I think getting a sports car culture, that's a, a whole new ball game that will take 40 years, maybe. All right. We just got about two minutes left. There's I do want to respond to somebody just tweeted at us that listening and they said, why is it a must for racing to embrace new electric tech when there's less than two percent? consumer demand for it uh is that that uh, yeah the well he puts he said consumer demand and and i know this guy this is paul Bryan. he's he's a professional in the industry okay it's certainly i think where production is right now but i know why you want to chase tech because guys like me want that and there's a lot of us that that want new technology i want to see when i saw that they were you know came out here years ago and saw all three i I couldn't believe the different technologies i've got a simple answer also the oems are chasing the technology because they they won't race in a series unless there is that's what andrew said okay so basically that's that's it in a nutshell is that the reason that we are as a racing fraternity chasing technology is the only way we can get manufacturers to keep invested and keep their latest cars involved otherwise sure we can go. Uh, I mean, I still love combustion racing and like horse racing. I will watch it for the next hundred years. Yeah. But technology will rule. Well, so basically to answer Paul's question, the manufacturers want it. And assuming they're doing some surveys of their customers, so the manufacturers want it. So racing wants it. I want it, too. I want new technology. All right. Well, we are just about out of time. want to thank everybody for tuning in. want to thank, hey, we got a new sponsor, Winding Road. Winding Road Racing. Got a big billboard outside the circuit. Yeah, I'm excited to have them as a sponsor. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, of course, we'll be back on our regular time slot next Sunday night at 7 o'clock Austin time. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for our guest, Doug Fian, for coming on. We'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.